0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration
1: Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy, we're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can
0: find it. So episode 88. 88. Oh my gosh. We're gonna talk about
1: World Central Kitchen and its founder, Jose Andre. So so excited. Yeah, last week we had a busy week going down to Sun River to visit my in-laws. Oh fun. And the boys were so excited to see their grandparents. And it was really fun to see them interact. Yeah. And Sweet with the girlfriends, and they love board games. So oh, I told my mom we need to re-implement. You know, you need that rum family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do need to part of that. Check it out. But family game night. I love because games. They love. Board I know games. my kids do too. I think it's almost better when they get a little older, so they're more into it. Yeah, the, yeah. So cool. awesome week. Randy Hook knows how much horses can transform lives. I showed you a picture of them. Yeah. Um, His cousin was shot and injured in a gang-related shooting back in 1988. And his aunt, Mayesh Akbar, she was a real estate agent and a horse lover, started an after-school riding program on her property. Oh, cool. It became known as Compton Junior Posse, which I think is adorable. cute. The local kids, we're talking in the hundreds here, would learn how to clean out the stalls, tack and feed the animals... I know. Husband, like. I know people say horses are so
0: therapeutic. Heated, I have yeah. a friend that's out in Sherwood and she and her husband,
1: they love going
0: and working in the barn. Yeah,
1: not me. But, it's, um, but well, you know, but to each his own, and yeah. I think that's awesome. So they feed the animals. The club had a high expectation for homework and studies, which I think is great. They couldn't ride until their chores around the barn and their homework were done. Oh, that's cool. Akbar, now 69, suffered a stroke and she can no longer keep the program going on her own. So she's passed on the torch to her nephew, Randy, and former junior posse member, Jamie Vance. Randy accepted under the condition that he could run it the way he wanted to. He knows that young people, you know, have a certain way, there's social media and certain words and whatnot. So he wanted to have free reign. Yeah. Hook, uh, he was a recent graduate of California State University at Northridge. He had studied music and production. In fact, Dr. Dre, who also, I guess, is from Compton, produced his street country rap, which Mm. I gotta listen to that. Yeah. Street country rap. It just sounds like a whole oxymoron there. But apparently one of the top writers in the nation, Zoe Brogdon, is a product of this program. She's currently ranked... So number, it's legitimate. I mean, okay. it's
0: not just a yes. fun after-school
1: yeah, program. No, it actually really, does train you. Exactly. That's what, okay. She's currently ranked number one by the U.S. Hunter Jumper Association, which kind of yeah. like uh, you know I don't know, but that must be a big deal for her age group. And her mentor is Bruce Springsteen's daughter. Wow. Small world. So Jessica Springsteen is her mentor. She's the 2020 U.S. Olympic Team jumping silver medalist. Oh. Just cool. Yeah, that's cool. The cost of the program varies as they take it case by case, depending on the family's income, which I yeah respect that. I think it's great that he's doing that. At the after-school program, they update their journals before they take their writing lesson. They also learn about healthy and sustainable living, which I can totally oh, get behind. That's so great. These kids are between 7 and 18. They learn to care for horses, goats, chickens. Not my cup of tea, but awesome that they want to do it the best part is how these guys just text each other the the mentors yo let's ride and they told like it shows you the picture of people they look like a biker game they saddle up the horses and they take to the streets but with a positive message and definitely some entertainment for the people around them My mother-in-law sent me an article on a woman who brought Juneteenth to Oregon. This is another passing the torch okay. type of thing. Some 50 years ago. Clara Peoples is known as the mother of Juneteenth in Oregon, which yeah. I had no idea. This comes
0: from... I heard a little teeny bit about that on the news
1: today. Okay. They were talking about that. Um, this was in the Ben paper, apparently. But she's known as the mother of Juneteenth in Oregon. She passed away at 89, sadly, on October 5th, 2015. And she passed the torch to her granddaughter... Janelle Jack. Jack was looking for a new building for their this nonprofit. When she saw the numbers 1005 Southeast Washington Street, it was a former car dealership. She knew it was the building oh. for her grandmother's, you know, legacy. It was because of it was the the numbers. 1005 were the day. Of the day of her passing. Oh, okay. It took me a minute for yeah. that, too. But okay. So the gotcha. site not only holds um, the annual Juneteenth celebration, but it also is where the Miss Juneteenth leadership program takes place year-round. Oh, they okay. have plans to launch the male version this fall with Mr. Juneteenth. I think it sounds like a great reality show. I yeah. don't watch reality shows, but this, this would be one I could probably get behind. Janelle Jack calls Juneteenth our second Independence Day. Which I love. Yeah. Her grandmother was um, shocked when she came to Vanport from Oklahoma to work in the shipyards, and none of her black co-workers knew about the holiday. Vanport needs to be a whole separate. Yeah. Now, that is, I think, like the Janssen Beach area okay. of Portland. Gotcha. Um, but they built all these low-income houses on a floodplain and mm. then flooded, and their homes were just gone.
0: Right.
1: So, um, yeah. We're planning on that. Yeah. That's a, a separate podcast. She asked her boss if they could celebrate during their break, which is a pretty humble start because yeah. it recently, in 2021, became a national holiday. Besides bringing Juneteenth to Oregon, Peoples also started one of the nation's first food banks oh. through the Community Care Association. She had a five-page feature in Ebony Magazine back in 1971 peoples and orally green organized portland's first juneteenth parade and public celebration and it continues to this day so her, her granddaughter has big shoes to fill for sure with a grandma known in the neighborhood as the bread lady because no. i guess from her car she'd you know pass out food and people could come to her home so she's just very generous no. constantly volunteering for others but janelle jack has solid genes i'm sure she'll continue to make her grandmother proud oh, sure
0: i first learned about world central kitchen and founder jose andres while researching chef marcus samuelson in episode five marcus samuelson got involved with world central kitchen during covid he converted his restaurants red rooster harlem and marcus bmp in newark and red rooster in miami into community kitchens that partnered with world central kitchen that end up serving over 230,000 meals to those in need. Man, it's just so amazing. amazing. Can it, you picture what that I looks know, yeah, like? That's yeah. I think we
1: need to put out there is that that's a lot of that meals. That's a,
0: a lot of food, a lot of cooking. In episode 71, we discuss Jose Andres' harrowing efforts to help people in Ukraine, even renting a car at the border in order to smuggle 440 pounds of much-needed flour to a bakery. Dangerous. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And Teresa, you recently told me about a new National Geographic documentary, We Feed People, directed. It's,
1: yeah. <laughs> so funny because
0: Craig's like, Amy needs to talk about that
1: she started it. But yeah, I knew that we needed it. One of us needed it's to. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Directed by Ron Howard. It's on Disney Plus. It is an incredible film about the backstory of Jose Andre's emergency food relief organization, World Central Kitchen. It's so well done. You're right. Everyone should see it. And. You know, I just, I love him, his personality, but I love that he calls himself, doesn't call himself a chef. Instead, he calls himself um, concedero, which is cook in Spanish. He talks about his passion for feeding people that comes from a romance of cooking in the fire. Uh, I love those images of him cooking in the beginning there, sensing the fire, maybe even getting burned by the fire, putting ingredients in the pot, and then love creates the dish. Mm. I just, yeah, I love that. Very, very sweet. Jose sees an opportunity in the mayhem, feeding and cooking. He feels honored to serve, which once again that brings love into the the whole equation, right? You know, I need to back up a bit before diving into the documentary. Jose Andres was born July thirteenth, nineteen sixty nine, in Myers, Spain. So he's our age. Yeah, he's ish. yeah ish. Uh, <laughs> his parents were nurses. And he remembers seeing his parents caring for the sick and their little small gestures of em- empathy just had a huge impact on him which reminds us that kids are always watching they're always watching yeah. you know and he had he had a strained relationship with his mother she's a bit difficult however he learned from her never to take no for an answer. Mm. And that approach would really serve him mm-hmm. later, you know, in life. Um, now, what, what made her difficult, you know? I think it it didn't really go into detail, but just said she had a difficult Heart personality. Hard personality. Heart personality. Mm-hmm. On the flip, though, Jose had fond memories of his father who loved to cook and who's really a very kind man. He rem- remembers the aromas that filled the kitchen growing up. His folks would work hard as nurses, and then they'd come home and they just love to cook. He attended school until he was 15 and then enrolled in culinary school in Barcelona. When he was 18, he served in the Spanish military where he was assigned to cook for an admiral. And after his military service, he worked in many high-end restaurants in Spain until getting, getting fired <laughs> from one and then moving to America at 21 with 50 bucks in his pocket. Man, brave. I know. He started, does that? I know. He started his culinary career in New York City and eventually found his way to Washington, D.C., where he was hired to open, uh, Haleo, a new Spanish tapas restaurant, where his career took off. In D.C., Jose also got involved with D.C. Central Kitchen and founder Robert Egger. In 1989, Egger, who was then a nightclub owner, founded D.C. Central Kitchen. He was frustrated by the food waste Mm. from local restaurants and the homeless situation. He created D.C. Central Kitchen as a way to provide a healthy, sustainable solution using repurposed restaurant waste into healthy meals for DC's homeless. Man, that's another thing we could do here in Portland. Yeah, I mean, I think some restaurants oh, are absolutely yeah. and do, some, but some I'm organizations just like you know are doing that. But Jose began volunteering at DC Central Kitchen, and that experience lit a fire in his heart for feeding people in need. And he talks about this a lot, but liberating them from their circumstances. He was recognized by President Clinton for his impact. In 1995, he married his wife, Patricia. And although his restaurants in America enjoyed enjoyed a lot of success, however, Jose became more famous in his native Spain. In 2005, he starred in his own cooking show, Vamas Concerner, and he published his first book, Tapas, A Taste of Spain in America. In 2006, he partnered with Robert Wilder to form Think Food Group, making Andres co-owner uh, and his restaurants. And they opened more restaurants in Miami, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Puerto Rico. You relate. His career just all, all over, over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia and Jose eventually had three lovely daughters, which they're so, so much a part yes, of the documentary. Yes. They're really cute. Very sweet. You know, they're really a fun-loving brood. I There was a cute... I loved hearing this one story where one of the daughters realized her father's fame. They were at the farmer's market at DuPont Circle in D.C. Someone wanted a photograph with her dad. And she was mad at the time, (laughs) which I think is so typical of a teen and a kid. But then years later, in 2010, while on a family vacation, uh, he saw the devastating earthquake in Haiti on the news. And he just felt called to do something. So he left the vacation. He showed up. And just started making black beans and it's funny he he, he comments that he's you know he's thinking he's making these fantastic black beans because he's Jose andres you know right and until the local women showed him how they um, puree the beans into this creamy sauce and I really like love this part of 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 Jose he he listened you know he listened instead of being I'm Jose right he listened and he said you know food is about community he doesn't want to be a white savior. Yeah, he he goes on to say that food not only keeps hunger away, it gives hope. And these local women showed him the path to really World Central Kitchen and how it all began. Jose says that hope is the true meaning of comfort food, and that's why he feels it's necessary to cook in a crisis. A man does he? Jose wants to create an organization to bring food to people affected by horrific events and food is that agent of change in 2017 hurricane Maria demolished Puerto Rico Jose was on the first flight just three days after the hurricane initially Jose and Nate Mook world central kitchen CEO thought "Oh, they'll be there just a few days turned into weeks and months and shortly after arriving in Puerto Rico uh, Nate and Jose um, attend a meeting addressing the aftermath of the hurricane. Leaders of the meeting were really concerned about fuel. Jose and his crew raised their, you know, concerns about the food situation. The Red Cross didn't have a kitchen, and there was two million people hungry. Man. So let talk about pressure. I know. So as Jose puts it plainly, we cook, we feed. No planning needed. <laughs> World Central Kitchen went on, uh, went to local distributors. They built a team made up of the local kitchens. He knew the local chefs and rallied them together with a charge of feeding Puerto Rico. He leveraged his own money, contributing $10,000 into supplies and ingredients. He used credit cards to continue this mission. I mean, Jose was burning through cash, one day spending $70,000 on fruit. Crazy. Holy moly. I mean, I I admire this man's passion. And still, I mean, no offense to the Red Cross, (laughs) but they still didn't help at this point. So after grueling weeks of this, he was running out of money, and in the documentary, I don't if you remember that yeah. scene where he's crying in desperation. I think he was just so tired. Yeah, just he's running on running, em- running on empty, dehydrated. His his wife begged him to come home and refuel, and I loved how his family talks about how if they can't, if they don't hear from him. They had to eventually get Twitter accounts <laughs> so they could keep track of him. <laughs> His wife, Patricia, is definitely the glue. Jose is loud and unpredictable. The girls want him to be a typical dad, which I totally get their perspective. Yeah. However, not stand down, Don't stand down, yeah. Don't embarrass Don't, Yeah, but I think it's his contentious personality that helps him get the job done of feeding people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Patricia keeps him straight and provides stability at the home for the girls. Reminds me of Maria Goff. We yeah. talked about that. her, the glue. Of course, after the short reprieve, Jose was back on the front lines feeding those in need, the Puerto Rican food trucks all came together, like an army of kitchens, creating 3,000 meals a wow. day. I love the scene where Jose brings a 90-year-old man a birthday cake. He's singing happy birthday to him. I it just, it's just, I don't know. I just sweet. love his heart. And in the end, uh, World Central Kitchen also helped the Salvation Army and a lot of hospitals with meals as well, providing food. So pretty incredible. Never ending. No. FEMA finally came through with money. Uh, and I was both both really sad and angry to hear the stories in social media at the time circling about accusing Jose of being a hustler, that he came to Puerto Rico to make money, he was a thief. I mean, it's so wrong. I yeah. mean, he's there and he's using his own resources. But that's it's,
1: trolls online. I know. Online. You just, yeah. But it is. It's sad. It's super it's a sad. sad state that we're in.
0: Since Hurricane Maria, World Central Kitchen, I mean, they have aided millions and millions of people. Um, amazing across four continents i mean seriously it's really really incredible work recently they've been providing over 40 million meals in ukraine man while working at a 24-hour pedestrian border crossing in southern poland world central kitchen began serving nourishing hot meals within hours of the initial invasion Mm. and quickly worked with teams of cooks in ukraine romania Moldova, Hungary, Slovakia, Spain, and Germany. I mean, he's just so good at rallying fellow yeah. chefs to join the cause. Also, local restaurant like um, Oh My Ramen, <laughs> it's a food <laughs> truck. Uh, started pitching into. After crossing into Poland, refugees are transported by bus to nearby accommodation centers. World Central Kitchen set up one of these centers in Karczowa and Oh My Ramen, Sasha and Vitalik. Um, from oh my ramen there were ukrainians living in poland drove four hours to join World central kitchen and they've been serving ever since and this is really sweet in hopes of brightening the children's spirits world central kitchen team recently to celebrate international children's day which is on june 12th they hosted events across ukraine creating a space for kids to be kids mm. which i just love uh, world central kitchen provided fresh meals sweet treats music dancing uh, custom coloring books for children attending the festivities. To Just make it fun. Just to make it fun yeah. in a dark time. Beyond this incredible response in Ukraine, Jose also recently hosted 13 senators at his restaurant Oi Amel, and I saw the article about it was dubbing it margarita <laughs> diplomacy. His dinner party created an opportunity for bipartisan discussion on issues including the conflict in Ukraine. Immigration reform, and then the upcoming White House conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. Jose has been instrumental in reviving this conference. The last time it was held is back in 1969.
1: Wow! So what's uh, what I love about this is that it shows that real people, you know, yeah, yeah, real people can come in and do something and make
0: some make something happen. noise in politics. Yeah. He doesn't shy away from the difficult issues. In the documentary, his wife points out, Jose is good at pointing things out for the better. Mm -hmm. Jose testified June 10th, so just recently here, in front of House Subcommittee on the National Security to offer firsthand account of what Ukrainians need the most as Russia's, you know, brutal war wages on. Mm -hmm. just he knows. He knows firsthand. He's been on the front lines. I just so admire this man's conviction for showing up Helping and feeding people most in need, World Central Kitchen flew to uh, Uvalde with a pop up kitchen to feed um, this hurting community. As the community of Uvalde continues to recover from the horrific May twenty fourth Rob Elementary School shooting, World Central Kitchen, along with other restaurants from San Antonio, are helping to feed people in need.
1: I. I do love that it's getting local. He always Damn. gets local people.
0: Yeah. He gets local restaurants, and he always goes to local distributors. So he's getting Contin- the community. Yeah, build yeah building involved, that community, which I think
1: is brilliant. Right, I mean, it's
0: simple, but it's brilliant. And especially during difficult times, yeah. sometimes it's just the act of making and yeah. doing is really yeah. and having someone to just get the ball rolling, right? Uh so these local restaurants, along with World Central, Central Kitchen, created over 1,000 meals over a weekend. And, they, you know, they gave the residents options to either eat outside, the mobile kitchen, or take it home. In addition to providing the hot meals, they uh, served cupcakes, snow cones, smoothies, um, cold fruit to kids. In this article, World Central Kitchen commented they wanted to do anything they could to bring some hope and love during this tragic time. Just- and love. Hope and love. Yeah. And I just... My, it just speaks oh, to the heart of this crazy, man, yeah. yeah. You know, and to me, after after reading all this, it's really hard to fathom that Jose has created this incredible nonprofit, World Central Kitchen, that's really has been has saved millions of people's yeah. lives. And he's also the successful restaurateur. Uh, he's got over thirty-one restaurants worldwide. And he truly does. He sleep. I wonder. I don't know, but he truly is a. I believe a humanitarian and a world class chef. Yeah. He does both with so much passion and commitment. And in the documentary, I just love his Indiana approach. You know, he's <laughs> always backpack slinged over his shoulder, ready to jump on the plane, tackle whatever situation
1: that my kids that tease puts me people at risk. <laughs> when I'm like dun, dun dun dun, well, that's what he looks like.
0: Me, yeah, that's what it looked yeah. like to me. Totally does. Uh And he sums it up best by saying. You know, wherever there's a fight so hungry people may eat, we will be there. We must be there. His, his goal is to be loud and crazy and, <laughs> and hunger in the world. And, yeah, man, go for it because I think he's the man to do yeah, it. Yeah, And what an awesome goal we should all really get behind. I just so enjoyed reading about Jose in the World Central Kitchen. I'm just blown away by this man's grit, determination. No matter the circumstance or devastation. And he doesn't back down. He doesn't back down. Food is a universal human right. Jose Andres. I kept seeing social media posts for World Bicycle Relief. I don't know if you've seen them, but I was so oh, curious. World
1: Bicycle Relief? Yeah, oh.
0: I've seen it on my Instagram. I was so curious about this nonprofit. I thought, well, I'm going to research this. World Bicycle Relief is a nonprofit <laughs> based in Chicago, Illinois. It was found in 2005 by... SRAM is co-founder a Bicycle Component Manufacturer, uh, Stanley R. Day, his documentarian wife, Leah Day, after witnessing local relief efforts in Sri Lanka after the Indian Ocean earthquake and tsunami in 2004, known as the Boxing Day tsunami. Similar to Jose Andres using his passion for cooking, uh, defeating people in need, Stanley's passion for bicycles and then discussions with locals led to the idea of what a potential bike Um, could provide this community. Thus, World Bicycle Relief was formed. World Bicycle Relief partners with World Vision, a Christian international Mm -hmm. nonprofit that provides humanitarian aid around the world, and they work with a local manufacturer to provide the bikes that are specially designed for the terrain um, of the needs of these, of the community. Yeah. World Bicycle Relief believes this is a catalyst for change in rural communities around the globe, providing access to education, healthcare, and other vital services in order- So people ride these bikes to- Well, yeah. These bikes are made, well, I'm going to tell you about that. The the, the Buffalo bike is getting ahead of- It's a heavier built bike. It's compared to our lightweight- recreation bikes so these bikes are you're able to carry supplies oh okay and you're able to handle rough terrain and you're able to before walking mm-hmm. you know people before bikes people would be walking right trying to get to school they get there a lot walking yeah to health care now they can use a bike mm-hmm. and they can access
1: More all of this all thing, these services
0: yeah. so it's it's a game changer since 2005 they have collaborated with thousands of communities to connect you know these hard-working uh, rural women and men, girls and boys, um, with these bikes, allowing them all these opportunities. Women in particular face significant cultural barriers to access education, healthcare, and employment. That's why Rural Bicycle Relief' their approach is to prioritize women and girls, uh, aiming for seventy percent of participants receiving their bicycles to be female. Wow. Which is so awesome. Girls are, you know, are far away from schools. They have less likely to attend. So if they're farther away, they're less Mm -hmm. likely to attend. And it's evident that these bikes are making a difference with stats of decreased dropout rate by 19%, reduced their absenteeism by 28%. Totally worth it. Cut their commute times, 33%. So they're saving more than one hour a day man so it's it, absolutely it, it. yeah so it's a big de- it's a big deal plus rep- uh, reported feeling more in control of their decisions mm-hmm. affecting their lives and experienced 22% less sexual harassment and teasing on their way to school which is With weird. riding a bike versus walking, walking. I get that. I get that. Uh, I love that World uh, Bicycle Relief's goal is to reach 1 million bicycles and 5 million people empowered by 2025. In 2021, they distributed 423,680 people were empowered. And that made up of 84,736 Buffalo bikes distributed. Wow. This is across uh, six countries, Colombia, Kenya, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Ghana, Zambia. And even with the challenge of the COVID, they... Expanded mm-hmm. and mobilized these communities and created hope. I just love their approach of making these bicycles accessible to these rural communities and their focus on female recipients. I'm so yeah, 70%. and and as we talked like with you know that's that really is viable solution to ending that cycle of poverty
1: yeah. is getting these getting people access to services so. i'm so excited that you found this story because that whole concept is just so foreign right to most we, of we us take that we yeah. take
0: access absolutely for granted and ability 100%. to get places yeah for granted so it's huge awesome yeah awesome if you can't feed 100 people then feed just one mother Teresa. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com.
1: Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.